Oh, yeah. That's Monday. And welcome to the CXM Experience. I'm your host, Grad Khan, CXO at Sprinkler. And as always, today we're with Neha, our breath yogi, and we're going to talk about being human, having a good week, and all the challenges that we face every day. So, Neha, let's just chitty chat about stuff for a second here. I want to, I had a couple of really great experiences lately, and I wanted to share them. Uh, a couple of things I've been doing that have really sort of helped me. Um, yeah, so I had knee surgery about two months ago. Oh, and, I thought uh, you had something. Oh, yeah, I, I had knee surgery had... a month ago. Yeah, no, okay, every month okay. I like to have someone cut some <laughs> part of my body off. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, but, no. <laughs> it's my new thing. <laughs> that is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> we need you Gee, in one what piece. what am I going to have surgery on this week? Um, oh, yeah, God. No, um, yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I, come, I come pre-assembled and then just take me apart one by one. Um, oh, God. <laughs> When oh. I'm doing my other knee. I'm doing my other knee in the fall. And that's gonna be a really big deal. But uh, but this first knee okay. wasn't wasn't so bad. But uh, anyway, so but I had to get. Uh, I just started doing a lot of PT uh, to kind of bring the knee back. And it's funny how it's funny how an event will have a big a, a trigger effect, right? So the mm-hmm. so I started doing PT and I started really enjoying kind of working out. And I was like, I got to get back into this because I just kind of it's just sort of slipped out of my life. And I used to do Pilates a lot. And so, um, I reached, found a Pilates studio. And when I say I found a Pilates studio, actually Sabrina, my world-class world's <laughs> most amazing executive assistant found a Pilates studio for me. And, uh, Sabrina. she hooked me up. Sabrina's mm-hmm. amazing. Oh my God. My, I don't even know. I don't even know how I would live my life without Sabrina. I hope you're <laughs> listening like, to this, Sabrina. <laughs> I don't think she listens, actually. Because uh, I, oh, really? I, I talked about yeah, she never comments on them. So I don't think she actually listens to them. But well, Sabrina <laughs> is the not just the best EA I've ever had. She's the best EA I've ever seen, period. Wow. But she's one of the uh-huh. best people I've ever met as well. So, okay, so Sabrina um, uh, found this for me and uh, hooked me up with this amazing Pilates instructor named Susan. And Susan has been uh, doing it for a few years, but she's got that really good instructors in my experience. I've had, I mean, you're kind of doing Pilates for about a decade or maybe, maybe a little bit longer than that, you know, maybe about 10, 15 years. And um, the really good ones are really conscious of your body position. Like they know exactly where to put you. And mm-hmm. if you're like off by just a mm-hmm. tiny bit, they'll correct that because you can actually hurt yourself quite a bit or, or not, or not get to the abs the way you need to get to the abs if your pelvic positioning's wrong and all that kind of stuff and so she's amazing at that and uh and i've been going every single day so i'm kind of wow. an hour of pilates monday through saturday um, wow. i've never done that before i've kind of done a couple times a week and stuff like that but i've never done every day and it's been amazing because it's so much breath focus and there's so much and, and mm-hmm. i could really feel the the difference in the change and so when i was in kind of just thinking to myself Maybe this week. This week I've noticed just how much stronger I'm getting. And mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, what took me so long? Hmm. Let's talk about that for a second. You know, like we often know what we need or know what we want to do and even know what we like. Like I like Pilates. I've been doing it. I did it for years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what? Why did I get off course? 
right? So I stopped. I know what happened. I moved to New York, right? So I moved to New York. Well, everything got disrupted. It was, it was like very difficult. So, but, mm-hmm. but then I couldn't get back on my track. And it's only mm-hmm. interestingly that I moved back to moved to Florida that I was sort of actually getting on track again, which is interesting. I don't know what that means about New York, but, but what is that? So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, when people, um, you must run into this all the time where people kind of are knowingly saying, I know I should be blank. Mm-hmm. But for some mm-hmm. reason, and then suddenly they there's a trigger event, which is sometimes unpredictable, and suddenly they're back in, right? And they're like, I can't believe I haven't been doing this but all I this time. I wasn't doing this. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So let's talk. I'd love to hear your experiences with that and some of the people that you coach. Yeah, that is interesting you bring this up because it is true. All of us have those things that are nice to do that we'd like to do, but somehow keep getting pushed to the back and get into the background unless something happens that you can't ignore them anymore. Like, so yeah, actually in my experience, it's different for different people. You know, for some, it could just be as simple as getting their priorities right. Right. And for some, it could be real reasons like, oh, I had a surgery, so I couldn't do Pilates for two months. And then I had to find my way back slowly, but surely, right? Like I'm doing PT and there's, so much that goes on on more than just a physical uh, level if you go through something like that. Right now, your knee's injured. You have to recoup and you have to go to PT. Like that's, that's hard. Like you, this was a part of you that you had full control over. Now you kind of like at the mercy of someone and trying to get it back to normal strength. And then you do that and it's taxing. It's not just taxing for your body. It's emotionally and mentally taxing right? And, um, it is actually, it is emotionally taxing. I'll tell you something weird they did to me and I'm not so sure about, I'm going to, I got to think this through for me before my next Mm -hmm. knee. So they don't put you under a general anesthetic anymore. Uh, just because generals are very dangerous. It's a local mm -hmm. anesthetic, but they give Mm -hmm. you this drug and it's a, it's referred to as the date rape drug. And what it does is it causes Mm -hmm. you to lose short term memory so you are awake, fully conscious, and actually conversing. And who the, who knows what I said, right? Um, and then, <laughs> but but you kind of don't remember it. Uh, uh, and so they, and that's the, kind of how they do it now. So you're kind of like sort of unconscious because you can't remember it, but you're not actually unconscious. So they can get you to move around and do stuff and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's the kind of like just just wrap your head around that for a second. Um, wow, yeah, that's okay. So I that, mean, I do. I, I kind of like generally is sort of slightly weirded out by that, but I'm kind of like okay, except for one thing that I am not enjoying, which is I cannot remember the. I, well, I'm actually, I'll, I'll give you a caveat in a second, but I can't remember. I couldn't remember the surgery consciously. Okay, but. I'm a big dreamer. I dream a lot. I have very vivid dreams and very, very detailed, detailed dreams. And um, I do remember the surgery in my dreams. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. So it's like yeah, when I'm that's sleeping, like... that's when I'm sleeping, it's like I keep waking up on the surgery table. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's not a good, it's not a good experience. Like I, I'm, I'm, and now, and now I'm actually consciously beginning to remember it, I think, because like my dreams are informing my conscious mind about what actually went on. It's a, yeah, it's not good. No, that's, uh, so no, that, I, I, I hear you. I, maybe I'll and... just stay conscious next time. Maybe I don't want that. I mean, I'll just like, <laughs> I, I think I'd rather almost not 
because this is a kind of particle memory thing what but is always kind of with it just an element of being like in a horror movie <laughs> this is not, <laughs> yeah, it's not, not fun not that fun doesn't sound, that fun. doesn't sound so, good <laughs> yeah but but not that you i know, want to general point, generals like, are really dangerous but my gosh this is anyway so, so i mean you could still have local lattice <laughs> i mean I, I mean so two things right like this thing that you brought up about emotions being at the core so there's this whole cycle of like how we feel informs how we think and how we think informs how we act. Right. And then how we act again makes us feel a certain way, right? So if we, if we feel hungry, the emotions hunger, we have this thought that, oh, I should go and eat. And then you go take that action, you eat your food and then you feel full. And then you feel full, you say, okay, I think I need to stop eating. And then you stop eating. Do you see this loop? So actually how we act is definitely determined by how we're feeling. So coming back to our key sort of question that we started out with, why do we procrastinate or why do people get off things that they really think that they should be doing somewhere like that's emotional awareness, right? That's emotional intelligence, being aware of what, how am I act? What am I acting? Like, what am I saying? What am I doing? And that's very, sometimes it's very different from what people say and what people do because it comes back to neuroscience and even that whole point about dreams, because when you go back to the dreaming state, right? So there are four states of consciousness, the awake state, the dreaming state, the um, sleep state, and then the fourth state is what we call the meditative state, or there's a Sanskrit word for it. But in the dream state, the mind is actually working. The brain is like classifying information into different parts of your brain. There's something called the glympatic system, which is really going to work and getting all those toxins out of the brain. And the brain is refiling and reorganizing all the, you know, the, the information. So you have very lucid dreams and it's like, okay, what do I do with this? What do I do with this operating table memory? Yeah. Oh my and God. I think, I, I think a little bit of hypnotherapy or EFT might come in handy. And well, I did my sort of, face. I just had face surgery too. And that I did fully uh, conscious. I did nothing for that. And are so you that serious? Like fully conscious that to face yeah. surgery? Won't yeah. you like freaking out? Oh my God. Uh, well, actually, you know, it's funny. I was freaking out a little bit. And, uh, and he, he was funny because uh, the plastic surgeon you could see I was a little bit nervous because he like had a, uh-huh. he first he walks in the room with a needle that he's like literally carrying in two hands. Like it's this oh giant. God. Oh my God. Oh and my he's like, God. he starts to wave it near my face. And I'm like, holy Bigger than your face. And so that was kind of like freaking me out a little bit. It was also kind of happening a little quickly. And, and then, and you yeah. can see I was like a little thrown, thrown off and he goes, Hey, calm down. And takes his hand, he puts it on my forehead like I'm a dog. And he pushes my head back. And he goes, calm down, calm down. And I'm like, and I thought, I thought to myself, hey, this is kind of working. It's kind of weird. I have kind of calmed it down. <laughs> so, so you and then he sticks this like giant, like almost like comedy sized needle. Like it was like something out of like oh, a Looney Tunes cartoon. He puts this into my face. And then, and then I said, and I said, I don't know. I think, I think I can still feel it. And he goes, can you feel this? And I'm like, no, I can't feel that. He goes, well, I just stuck like my knife into your face. And if you didn't feel that, you're not feeling anything. I'm like, all right. And then he says, oh, I got to cut it open. And then, mm-hmm. then he just like, proceeds to cut like three inches of a hole in my face. 
Um, anyway, uh, it was that, so that that I will say that memory is slowly displacing the knee dreams. <laughs> so I was like, oh, God. So I just have to that keep coming up with like interesting, stuff. yeah, just kind of just intense <laughs> surgeries with like higher levels of consciousness each time, and I'll I'll forget about the other ones. But you know, I do find my one of my favorite things to do is I like to sleep. I like to break my sleep up. So. Mm. Mm. apparently humans didn't used to sleep eight straight hours right like the the originally what we used to do is we used to typically go to sleep kind of when it got dark and then we would often wake up in the middle of the night which is what the where the expression nightlife comes from and then people would go out and actually go out and do things and and then and then go back and sleep again and then get up when it was light again and so I, I've been doing that now for years and I had some, it's pretty fun. Cause like, I kind of have like my own little party in the middle of the night and then I go back <laughs> to sleep again. And I find that my dreams in the second mm. half are amazing. Like I, I, I'm a little excited to go to sleep and see what dreams I'm going to have. I have these crazy dreams in the second half. Whereas in the first half, when I tend to be more exhausted, I don't tend to dream the same way or as much. Right. So I, I find that if I can get some sleep, take a break and then go back to sleep, I get a really great sort of dream sleep and I enjoy that. And that to me is a form of consciousness because there's stuff I learn or things that I do uh, in that stage, which is always fun. So anyway, so I, I mean, don't, and, 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 and the crazy anything, thing, <laughs> no, I mean, and the crazy thing is I never remember my dreams ever, like in my whole life. So really? far, maybe one or two, two dreams. So I just don't. And I think there are ways, you know, sleep experts can help you remember them, but they're like, are you sure you want to remember your dreams? So I, I, I usually, I'm like, I don't remember my dreams at all. So uh, I create it's kind whole of weird worlds you... in my dreams. Like whole worlds. Wow, nice. Like it's really, it's the best. And do it's you like, like entire other with... existence. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And you still wake up refreshed? Like do you feel no, refreshed? Yeah, no, it's like, it's like I've got another life going on. It's great. It's like amazing. <laughs> oh, maybe so. Which one's <laughs> real, dimension. Brad? Yeah. Which yeah. one's real? Is this the dream or is that the dream? Yeah, well, yeah. Generally, I prefer this particular reality, but sometimes the dreams are pretty cool. So um, <laughs> okay. are they, are they, or you're working on stuff too in your dreams, right? Like uh, I had a one dream where... I I got a chance to live my life over again. I made a whole bunch of different decisions and then things turned out wow. differently, but not necessarily better. It was a really interesting way of dealing with some sort of decision angst I've had recently. And so it was really, it was great. I, I, I must like my favorite thing to do is, is to have those. Um, but let's talk so a little like bit a about this. Mm. Yeah, you know, very much. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about this sort of thing where people know they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing, mm. but they do it anyway. That's I find that fascinating. Um, this sort of and there's this. I think I don't know if you and I talked about this or came up some other time, but there's this like animal brain that mm-hmm. we have, and then uh, and that and then sort of, sort of very um, reactionary and very sort of uh, instinctive. Then we've got this intellectual brain which is the one that mm-hmm. tends to argue with itself all the time and tends to know what's going on. And then we have this intuitive brain, which is kind of like, you know, the one that makes leaps and often is the inventive brain or the one that comes up with new ideas. And I think we don't tend to spend as much time in intuitive as we'd like to. Um, mm-hmm. We tend to be controlled often more by the animal than we should be. And then the intellectual is always kind of sitting there and trying to navigate between the two. And I think as we're more tired, I think animal brain drives us more. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I remember had, I had a, I had a, I don't want to say, um, this person's name, but I had a manager. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to even use a pronoun because if I use a pronoun, you'll know, everyone will know who it is. 
I had a manager and this person uh, and I were talking at a party and mm-hmm. uh, the person said, yeah, I had a really rough night last night. So I ate a box of Oreos. And I was like, ha ha. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. are you serious? Good you night. ate an entire box, box of, of Oreos? And this uh-huh. person said, yes, I ate a whole box of Oreos, but looked at me kind of strangely, like, haven't you? And I'm like, mm. no, <laughs> I've never eaten a box of Oreos. That sounds disgusting. And or, or any box of cookies, like that just, I don't even know how you'd even do that. But I, I but, but this, but since then I've learned that many people do that. Many people just eat the a box of. Emotional eaters. Yes. Or, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So where does that yeah. come from? No, like, again, where, like you said. Where's that animal coming like, from? So that's the most primitive brain, right? It's the primitive brain. And as you know, if you look at human evolution, it's the part of the brain that kind of just takes over. You're not saying, okay, do I need to keep my heart beating? Do I need to keep breathing? Those kind of things are happening on its own. So when we feel even a whiff of stress, we get back to like that, that, you know, the most primitive part of the brain, which you're calling the animal brain takes over. Like there's nothing you can take, you, you forget about using your rationale about I shouldn't be eating those. That is not working at that time because some, some people call it the amygdala hijack or like it, mm. the primitive part of your brain just hijacks that center. And that's what also is what happens when people have PTSD, so to speak, right? Like you get a trigger. You, I, from my own experience, I knew like, okay, if I'm going into this situation, I'm going to probably respond this way. I don't want to, but when I would be there, like I had no control. Like it was just like that, that part of my brain was hijacked. And that instinct is really just trying to keep us alive, you know, and keep, keep oh, us alive because that's the first instinct is to keep myself, protect myself and keep myself alive. Once I have that, then maybe I can think intuitively and creatively. And that's the whole thing. There's no tigers, nobody's killing us. But the moment we start feeling like somebody's attacking our identity, something like my relationship's going, I'm going to fail. Anything like that gives, you know, it elicits the same response. It gets that, uh, the primitive part of our brain to take over. And then we are at the mercy of our emotions, right? Like the emotions take over. We don't know, we eat sometimes. How I would respond is I would say things that I don't want to say. Oh, really? Or, which, oh, God, like, um, wow, like it, it would just, like, I didn't want, <laughs> no, it wasn't fun. It was so you gotta painful. Check this out. Okay. <laughs> it was so painful. I would say things that I didn't want to say, and I knew I was going to say them, but I just, like, it was, wow, I had that's to, awesome. like, that's not awesome. It was no, like, that is awesome. Like when you that go is to, I can't wait to see <laughs> like, this part of you. <laughs> oh, I have to God. figure out which like, stresses is going to be interesting. Oh. We're going to spend a lot of time together in the next couple of years. So this it'll come at <laughs> some point. You're going to say something to me, and I'll be like, "Oh, there, that's what they go. That's what that is." Okay. Got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh well, I hope not. But yeah, but I think well, everyone like, eventually says something like that to me. Trust me, it'll, it always comes. <laughs> it's oh. just a matter of time. <laughs> well, so and, no, and no. there is this like other model, and again, I think we, I'm not sure we've talked about this or not, but this is model of controlling your actions controlling your words and controlling your thoughts mm-hmm. right and so 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 classically we we should strive and those are I think in order of difficulty so striving to control your actions is something that i think most of our most of us in um 
kind of professional settings are pretty good at. Right. So if someone mm. says something that you find offensive or you find upsetting or you find ridiculous or whatever, you don't strike them, right? You don't like slap them or, you know, throw something at them. <laughs> like, you, you just, you're like, hmm, interesting comment. Uh, uh, and you think to yourself, wow, what an idiot. But you don't actually say that out loud. Because <laughs> so that's the second level is controlling your words. Now, it sounds mm-hmm. like for you, controlling the words may start to be the thing where leakage occurs, right? Which is, um, you know, you <laughs> might say, anymore. well, that, that is, like you that, are an idiot. You know? that, 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 <laughs> Not anymore. Okay, we'll see. I'll that, push you a bit. <laughs> no, that was when that was my PTSD response. Like I got okay. when I would get like stressed, like really stressed, then I yeah. wouldn't like be able to or like my heart rate would just go through the roof. I, I would start breathing yeah. and like yeah. I would imagine the worst. I would imagine the worst and then behave in a way which would be say words that were defensive, which wasn't really called for. But uh, that's a whole different thing. But talk about like having control over I think it's hard can you control your thoughts let's try this let's well, that's try this the next level right control your thoughts and I think actually I feel really good about actions I haven't struck anyone in anger in a long time <laughs> sorry Morgan uh so, so and then that's my brother uh so then he was fine uh and then and then controlling your words actually I would say some that's something I have been working on and I feel very good about that now. I mm, think when mm, things mm, when I'm mm. confronted by stuff, I think I'm very mm. good now at sort of like processing it, and not reacting immediately. And there's lots of mm. times people say things to me where I'll be like, "Well, boy, you know, this is like." And then I'm, I'm and I've not always been good at that. So this is something where I'm, I'm much better. And I generally avoid email, which is where I still potentially get myself into trouble. But I, I just, I just don't use email anymore. And I found that's helped a lot. <laughs> uh, the thing that I'm working. Yeah, I mean, that's sometimes you know, like, like, seriously, sometimes <laughs> if you just can't fix it, just stop using it. <laughs> Everyone's that's much hilarious. happier. <laughs> um, but the, um, but the thoughts thing I'm actually working on, you know, and there's something in particular, uh, which is a, mm-hmm. really, a pretty personal, so I can't really talk about it here, but the, there is something that has been kind of banging on my banging on the door of my brain for mm. the last maybe couple months, I guess. Um, it was you know, kind of coincident with the knee surgery, actually. And and I and I I like at first I was just letting it wash over me, and then you know kind of having all the feels that go with it. Um, but lately, I've been like, you know, I gotta like manage that thought. I don't think that mm. thought is correct mm. or. I want to reframe that thought or contextualize that thought or, or you know, provide perspective around that thought for myself versus just letting myself be the victim of my own thoughts. And I find that that's actually been remarkably effective. And so I'm working a lot on that. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think if you can get to a point of controlling your thoughts, it's a lot easier to control your words and actions. Right? Yeah, no, you I agree. typically say mm-hmm. stupid things when you haven't got your thoughts sort of set. And then you'll say things sometimes that are hurtful or dumb or insensitive or, you know, not, not, not thought through and stuff like that. And so if I, and so I'm kind of trying to get to that level if I can, and I think that leads to a happier life. No, totally. And actually for the normal average person, it's very, very hard. You cannot manage the mind from the level of the mind. Like if I tell you, okay, grad, close your eyes, think about anything in the whole world except for your bear. 
and the image that <laughs> might bear. pop up, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like what pops up, like <laughs> the bear, bear pops up, right? <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of like hard to manage the mind from the level of the mind. And if you resist the thought, it's going to keep coming back with a vengeance. I love the bear, by the way. He's yeah, cute. so just because people can't see us, right? Because we can see each yeah. other, but they can't see <laughs> us because we're just audio. So what Neha's talking about is on my desk right behind me, I have a little FAO Schwartz bear that my girlfriend bought for me. And uh, and he's got like a little tail jutting out of his pants. That's pretty cool, right? And it says <laughs> yeah. FAO Schwartz on the on the paw, the bottom of the he paw. He looks pretty and dapper. He's, and he's wearing a little, yeah, he's wearing a little top hat and a little jacket. It's kind of like a, almost like a ring a ringleader and uh yeah he definitely looks very dapper so but you're right uh, as soon as you say don't think about anything think about anything but the bear you're right that's yeah. all, all you want to think about is the bear and um yeah and that's yeah the mind is hard to manage from the mind i love that expression and that's where the breath comes in and when you if mm. you really actually want to get to the level of mastery that you were talking about where it's not so much about controlling thoughts the more you're going to try to control them it's going to be so much effort. And we're somehow wired that, oh, I have to put effort. Thoughts just come up. They just come up just like waves in a freaking ocean. Like it's tied to your, there's so many reasons why certain thoughts come up. And there's a whole lot to talk about that. But thoughts just come up just like bubbles in bubbles in a, in water. And so the idea is, uh, to get like the breath is the tool. The breath is the tool. It's not about trying to shove those thoughts away or to invite thoughts away. Like if you really want to get that, get to that equilibrium, it's about being in that state of observation without attaching any meaning to any thought. It's just a thought. And if you let that thought, if you keep chewing on the thought, it becomes, now you start to feel something about it. And when you start to feel something about it, then you again have some thoughts about what you should and should not do. And then you start to act a certain way. But the first moment the thought springs up, it just could be like, oh, here's one bubble and here's another bubble and here's another bubble. It's only when you take that thought and you start the mind keeps going and chewing on it. That's when it starts to turn into an emotion, a feeling. So it's about like, it's very hard for normal people to say, okay, no, no, no thoughts, no thought. Like if you've ever tried to sleep and you're not being able to sleep and you're like, okay, no, grad, sleep, sleep, you're going to be awake, right? <laughs> Forget about sleeping. So the more you dial the mind to do something, the less it does it. So that's where the breath comes in. And it's a really, really handy tool. And like, if this is the middle of the night, your Pilates studios is not open, you can get back to your breath. And, and I think it's like, like I've spent a lot of time with, you know, people who've been meditating for a long time. And it's not about resisting the thoughts. It's about getting to a level of comfort where whether it's a positive thought or whether it's a negative thought, you, you, you're able to not cling to either of those. Well, let's, let's stay on that for a second. That's a very interesting comment. I do agree with you, by the way. I mean, I do find that doing a breathing exercise and meditation exercise if for some reason i'm having trouble sleeping um is very helpful but this this particular thing that that happened to me a couple months ago uh, happened to me is not quite the right word this particular thing i learned a couple months ago mm -hmm. it's probably a better way mm -hmm. to put it 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 um it's 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 fraught with potential issues right and so i was talking to my therapist i'm a big believer in therapy as well um a reasonably mm -hmm. new convert to it but 
Um, and, and and he was saying, well, can you imagine yourself never mentioning this? And I'm like, yeah, I can. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, I could probably like never mention, never bring this up, never mention it. He's like, he goes, well, okay. He said, that's, that wasn't, the, I don't think it was the answer he was expecting. Mm-hmm. And he said, the research shows that the more you suppress something, the, this is your point you're making, the more you suppress something, the bigger a deal becomes over time. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, you might be in a situation of stress or anger or, you know, or maybe you had too many glasses of wine or whatever. And then this thing pops out and it comes out in a not particularly productive way. Right. And mm-hmm. so, so his general recommendation is, you know, he thinks I should talk about it, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I actually, I'm actually in a, I, cause I also find that sometimes like stuff like this can be hurtful because once it's out there, you can't pull it back in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I am trying to see if I can't control the thought in a way that I just don't have to ever bring it up. So, so I think you're trying to control, see the thought is there. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, when you say I'm trying to control, maybe there's this desire to not have that thought anymore or not act on that thought. And the more you try to keep resisting it for a longer period of time, maybe some emotion will will start getting attached to it. Now you're getting maybe Mm. frustrated over a period of time or there's something building up. I would recommend journal. You don't have to put it out there. Like journaling is a really good leadership tool to build emotional quotient. Bring those, you know, things that are brewing in your subconscious and unconscious mind and put it out on the paper and get clarity around it. Like get to the heart of the matter. What is causing that thought to pop up back and back? Like what is really gnawing at you? Because if it's been around for a long time, something's going on there. Something within you is kind of saying, okay, crap, this is not fun. This is not happening. Something's going on. Something's like there is some energy behind that thought. So I would get clarity on what that is. And then you can reframe that because until you sort of understand the fundamental issue there, the reframing is not going to work. You give yourself hmm. logical reasons that, okay, this isn't a good idea. You know, it's not good for me to do this. But even if you don't act somewhere internally, it's causing a biochemical change in your system. Yeah, well, that's good coaching, actually. Because the thing about journaling that's interesting, and I I had gotten, I mean, I'm always a little bit nervous about starting to write because it inevitably turns into a blog post with me. Um, but so that could potentially be a real problem. Um, but but mm-hmm. I'd say that the the act of writing, what I have always found fascinating is the act of writing is you take a lot of disassociated thoughts that are sort of unformed or they, they may seem formed to you, but when you try to actually express them on paper, they are less formed, right? You see, oh my gosh, this is really messy thinking. And then the Mm -hmm. writing forces you to put more structure around it and maybe sort of have some more context. So I do actually, that's a really good piece of advice. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll try that actually. The only thing is once you start writing stuff down, then it's written down and it can get discovered. No. And so here's, here's what I do with that. You know, I write it in a way that nobody else can read it. You see what I'm saying? Oh, really? This is for me. This is my personal journal. Okay. This is not an article I'm putting for something I want to put out in a yeah. blog post or something. But like I write, like generally I have the benefit of having a really messy handwriting. And then I just curve, 
I curve it a little bit more so that people, like, even if somebody did get their hands on it, they wouldn't be able to make out what the whole thing is. Really? So okay. it's for Maybe you. Like do or just write or something. It, or just write it out and then burn it. Or it's just to get it out yeah. of your system and get clarity for yourself, you know? And I think yeah. that would really kind of, that that's that's very helpful. I, I I've, And there's a lot of neuroscience behind it. But it'll really help get, because I think there's more than that, than you're logically thinking about the way you're thinking about it right now. That's very cool. Well, speaking of burn it, um, I just got a fire pit. Oh, so you my did? Whole life, <laughs> and my whole life I've wanted a fire pit. I've never had one. Finally said, that's wow. enough of this. Got a propane fire pit it's right beside the pool. And uh, last night, my uh, my girlfriend got home super late from a uh, party in Miami uh, and with her other girlfriend. So they were like, I don't know what's going on there, but they all came home Sweet. like about quarter to 12. You know, at least they got home. And, uh, yeah, and so, thank God. And, yeah, thank God. And they seemed reasonably sober. But the um, I greeted them with marshmallows and uh, little extendable forks. And we went in the backyard and we had a marshmallow roast at midnight by the pool. And it was it was actually wow. one of those things. It was, it was quite magical. Like the you know, we had this uh, we had this new umbrella that's got little LEDs in it, so that was lit up, and the stars wow. were in the sky. It was like a oh my pretty, god! It was a pretty new moon. Sounds and, like a resort. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, the pool. I just got a pool light put in, so the pool's all wow. lit up, and yeah, it was crazy. Actually, Damn. Was like, we, were, we could have been in Hawaii or something like that. It was amazing. <laughs> and then we roasted wow. marshmallows on this fire pit, and it was. And I would say that the thing for me that that, and I, I they try to do this a lot, and. Sometimes I succeed and sometimes I don't, but there are these like moments you can grab that like you don't expect them, right? Like I'll mm. remember that for forever. It was like just like the just momentary magical moment. And it wasn't even that long and it wasn't that it wasn't that, you know, complicated to do. And uh it created a really neat memory that I, I think is important to create that sometimes we lose in our daily rush to get everything else done. Yeah, no, and the best part about such moments are because you don't expect them. They're no. like, there's just so much like, whoa, they blow your mind away. <laughs> I no. hear you. I, by the way, you have to invite Randy and I to your back. Is this your backyard or whatever? Like your pool party? We've got to do yeah. something. Yeah, you should. Uh, well, I'll get you out to Florida. And uh, yeah, we have to do that. Um probably starting to get a little hot probably when i come back in the fall i'm gonna have surgery on my right leg and oh then, my god uh, so many surgeries oh yeah you gotta no, stop that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's getting kind of addictive actually and uh and then just uh and then maybe we, you, you can come down and you can uh we're gonna kind of hang out at the pool because i'll be wheeling around there and it'll be great and uh it'll be super fun it's a nice time of year to be here so gotta check yeah, out your backyard yeah, cool. it's, it's getting pretty good, actually. The backyard's got one more thing left, and then it's going to be super, super awesome. It uh, sounds well, this has amazing. Been really fun. It mm-hmm. is amazing, actually. Yeah, I mean, Florida's great. I, ne- I never lived here before, and it's it's extraordinary. I don't know why people make fun of Florida. It's incredible here. It's like living in paradise. Really? Uh, it's like the wow. greatest thing ever. Yeah, I don't People are like I mean, off their rocker making fun of this place. Really? I've, I've, I mean, it's weird, but every person I know has a house in Florida. So I'm like, okay, maybe yeah, I need to I go see check why. it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So this has been super fun. What, what do you want? What do you want to leave people with something today? Do you want to do a two minute so, yeah. breath exercise just to get people yeah. wound into the week? 
Yeah, let's do that. And I just also want to quickly wrap up the thing that we started with. Like, why do people procrastinate? And I would say it's not just because uh, you're not, you know, you don't feel like it's not that you're being lazy. I would invite you to journal about it and get to the root cause. Maybe there's some fear there. Maybe you're, you're like, there's something more than just laziness mostly procrastination is not just a laziness problem so mm. i invite you to journal and kind of it's get that question. subconscious unconscious thoughts out on the paper and with that let's do some breathing and today right. i wanna uh we've not done the super brain breath have we nope. no so we're gonna do the super brain breath and uh, what it is is bring your thumb to the base of your little finger and wrap the four fingers around your thumbs. So it's a closed fist and place the fists on your thighs and uh, the fists are facing the ceiling. So uh, fists facing the ceiling, shoulders relaxed, spine straight, neck relaxed. And on my count, we'll be breathing in and out of the nose. And if you can keep your attention in your head and brain region, and if that's very that's hard for some of us, it's okay. Just keep your attention on your breath. Okay, so it's equally effective. So let's start. Simply sit easily and comfortably. Take a deep breath in. And breathe out. Exhale, relax. And for the super brain breath through the nose, breathe in. Two, three, four. Out, two, Three, four, five, six. Breathe in. Two, three, four. Out. Two, three, four, five, six. Breathe in. Keep your focus in the head region or on your breath. And as you breathe out, pull your navel in. Breathe out for a little longer. Your tension is still in the head region or on your breath. And continue. Breathe in. Keep your body relaxed as you're breathing in. Breathing in till your collarbones lift up. And as you exhale, gently pull the navel in. Breathe out for a little longer. We'll do just five more rounds. Breathe in. Two, three, four. Out. Two, three, Four, five, six. In, two, three, four. Out, two, three, four, five, six. In, two, three, four. Till your collarbones lift up. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six. Last two, breathe in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, breathe in, last one, full breath in till your collarbones lift up, and as you exhale, pull the navel in, breathe out for a little longer. And relax, let the breath return to normal. Keep your eyes closed for a moment. You can release your fists. And just bring your attention inwards. And notice the state of your mind. Notice the impact of the breathing on the body, if any. 
and just feeling very grateful for this breath this body that keeps us alive breathe in bring your palms together rub them and place them on your eyes let the eyes absorb the heat and relax when you're ready you can slowly open the eyes have a great week ahead and i'll we'll catch you on the next next episode i guess right next week yeah neha that was awesome all right well everybody Thank this you. is the cxm experience uh with neha the breath yogi and uh, we are going to be back with interviews the rest of the week uh for the cxm experience i'm grad khan cxo at sprinkler and i will see you next time